0: Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Georgiana Fleur, but for the purposes of the podcast, you can call me George. I'm joined by my co-host, Liam.
1: Hello everybody, you can just call me Liam, that's fine.
0: And Grant.
2: Hello there music fans, you can call me Grant or Grant. (laughs) I'm just happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Jeez. So each episode on Flawless, uh, one of the co-hosts or sometimes a guest will nominate an album that they think is flawless, but What that flawless means to them could be different, so we have to learn about that on each episode, which is quite exciting. Uh, I like to think about flow. I like to think about flow of Mm -hmm. tracks. Um, But we have a Facebook group, Flawless Friends and Family, so there is a link in the show notes because it's too difficult to write out or spell out to you, and... We are going to start announcing in advance which albums we are covering we for are. our episodes. Are, are we now? Which mm-hmm. we have done for today's recording. <laughs> so that is very exciting. Uh, we have Jeez. a Patreon. So from a dollar a month, you can get bonus episodes. And there's a link to that in our show notes as well. And Clubhouse, that new audio platform for all the cool kids. We have our own chat there where we chat about podcast episodes and about your flawless episodes. On Tuesday nights, 8pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. So if you go to Australian Music Industry, the club on Clubhouse, then you can find us. It's very exciting. And then you can follow all of the hosts too, which I highly recommend because we're awesome. Mm. But today we have a guest. And may you please introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ruby
3: Barnsley. I'm an artist and a musician. I work a lot with photography, with video, with painting, and with music, I'm one half of Ethically Fraught with MJ O'Neill, and we do art pop, experimental
0: art pop.
1: There That's awesome. MJ who, previous guest, MJ O'Neill. yes, Previous so guest people indeed. People will remember.
0: From such things as Sweet Guinea. Yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Here we go. So as you are our guest today, Ruby, yeah. uh, you have nominated an album that you think is flawless to yes. this crowd. So would you like to name that album for us? I would. It's Post by Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. So um okay straight up yeah. I have to admit that this was on one of my long lists of albums that I was going to nominate as flawless but hadn't got around to deciding whether it was an emotional flawless because oh. I've like this been listening to it for 16 years and it was just emotional yeah. or if it was a genuine flawless so i've had to come to this putting on my flawless ears for this episode
2: separated yourself
0: yeah so, from yourself from 10 year old me so there you go <laughs> so um you've nominated this album and mm-hmm. so when why did you nominate mm. how did you because
1: discover it you were how super did young, you discover way too young to have been You're... following it when it came out I'm. and you assuming. said bjerk
0: yeah. yeah. She's Icelandic.
2: Well Bjerg. of course. I've s i have listened to it in Africa and I never pronounced it Bjork until tonight. How did you pronounce it? Bjork. Oh okay.
3: Yeah, I think she said in an interview once it's Bjork like jerk. Right. Ah.
2: So that's a
0: good one. Literally like like that. Like, yeah. Okay. Like jerk. So yes. wow. So so yeah, you are too young to have got this when it came out. I would have Thank thought you. so. <laughs>
2: Not to judge on age, but you looked too young when this came out in 1995.
3: I wasn't yet around, but I discovered this (sighs) when I was... (laughs) 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 Ah. was Like around at all, you weren't around. (laughs) I was in Iceland under a mountain. Yeah, (sighs) I was 15 when I found this, I think. So still in high school. Um, What
2: year was that then?
3: Oh, I don't know. I can't do maths like uh, last year. Yeah, well, yeah. let's go with last year. Mm, sure. Let's okay. say last year. <laughs> okay. And, maths um, is or when you were at school yeah, <laughs> or I think both? I it was around like 2014, 2013. Okay. And um, I found okay. her randomly through a Facebook link that someone oh, had nice. sent on some Facebook group. And I listened to Hyper Ballad. And the first time I heard it, I really didn't like it. Mm. It just didn't click with me. It felt very discordant, like none of the parts kind of gelled together. But there was something interesting about it. And so I watched the video again, and I really liked the way that the visuals worked with the music, and Mm -hmm. it all came together after a few listens, and then I just became obsessed. I did, like, a deep dive for a year. I, like, only listened to Björk. So was really... I love her, and I love this album. I think it's flawless. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, it, if nice. you're into
1: experimental noise pop, "Hyperball" is probably one of the least experimental songs on the album. Like, yeah. it's really <laughs> the most straightforward. Song. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I can see why. If that's the sort of stuff you like, you'd be like, "This is just another, you know, pop song." But then, if you do that deep dive and listen to some other stuff, it's yeah,
0: yeah. But it was a mega dance hit. Yes as well so mm-hmm. it's like it's popular, i guess but it was on all the clubs and it's probably one of the most remixed songs that i've, I've ever heard it's mm-hmm. like there are so many like every b-side for all of the singles ended up with a version of hyper ballad on <laughs> yeah. it. So, just because remixed by somebody else and somebody yeah else. so you got into a deep dive mm-hmm. which means that you've gone through her back catalogue but you picked post yeah as your choice
3: Absolutely Uh, I picked it because it feels very coherent in its explorative nature like I read that she was you know she made this in a time when she kind of was falling in love with music more and more and she wanted to um, you know pay respects to all the different genres that she liked and so each song explores something different and it feels so exciting and like a lot of her albums are super strong, but this one to me feels very solid and I really like the flow and the way it moves through the album and all the different aspects that it covers.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, Grant, you said that you used to say Bjork, which means Direct. that you have heard of Bjork.
2: Yes. That's <laughs> My, awesome. I know. Look, isn't it liberating especially? And I, um, I suppose I was around Yes, before <laughs> this album came out and probably the um my uh enduring or everlasting memory of bjerk now it will get i'll sink, sink into my mind is the swan dress yes that she mm-hmm. wore somewhere yeah. and i just remember going well look that's an outfit no, cool why not let's go for it um so yes, had heard of a, had heard of songs specifically the big hit got it's so so quiet. There you for go. Hey, yeah, cool track. Um, but that was and maybe a couple of songs. I do the opening track um, as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that was probably about it uh, um, for mine. And it was before I'd left school, <laughs> and so I was far more along the lines of um, a little bit of the heavier grunge um, Seattle alternative scene than a lady in a swan. <laughs> wandering yeah. around an awards ceremony no disrespect so yeah refreshing to listen to I'd never listened to it end to end and and have done so there you go yeah oh, nice.
1: intriguing album yeah
0: and um, liam yeah you've obviously heard of her
1: i definitely have um so this album came out just before i started getting into good music as i describe it oh <laughs> um but so in, in like 97 98 when i was starting to get into music this album was still everywhere like all the music videos were everywhere it was still all over the radio. So. I had never listened to the album in full, but as I'm going mm. through it, I'm like, "Yeah, I know all these songs, and I knew all the videos. Like, I could just remember the videos off the top of my head, even probably more so than the songs. Sometimes, were mm. you a big Rage watch watcher? Mm. At, yeah, at the time? absolutely, yeah. And they, and they were so iconic videos that every time someone was guest programming Rage, they were guaranteed to have one of these songs okay. because the videos were all just amazing and so cool. Yeah, um, to the extent that, like, um, I miss you was like the last single. And I almost thought that was on the next album because I was like, it was, she released so many singles, but I was like, eventually she must one of these must have like kicked over into the mm, next album, classy. but it didn't. It was all, there's like a lot of really classic songs right on this album. So haven't heard it all the way through, but very familiar with her and her style. Mm. And that was sort of... What are you going up to? It's
0: 11 tracks, but there mm. are six singles. Yes, there was. <laughs> so like, at that point, you just probably dropped them all. No. Yeah.
1: Singles, really. um, be done with it.
0: Yeah, be done with it. That's fine.
1: George, yes. you've already mentioned that you were going to potentially nominate this album. Would yeah. you like to give us your little introduction? Oh, yeah. well, I
0: hadn't got round to doing my deep dive on it yet. No. So that's why I wasn't I wasn't ready to nominate it. Um, Because uh, I also really love Debut, which is the first album,
3: mm-hmm. which
0: is her debut album, cl- classically. Uh, because... I um, I was eight when Debut came out, uh, but I was obsessed with MTV. And as we talked about, her music videos were amazing. So her previous band, The Sugar Cubes, uh, had videos and she had like quirky hairstyles and stuff. And then Debut, so uh, Human Behaviour, Venus as a Boy and Big Time um came out as singles and all their videos were awesome. And then she... With for a movie, I've forgotten the name of. Um, she released a single with David Arnold called "Play Dead," which is one of my favorite songs of all time. Mm-hmm. And that was all back in '93, so um, I was only eight years old. So when I found out, I heard "Army of Me" on um, MTV. Uh, that was the first single off this album I was basically like hounding my mother going I need the Bjork album I need the (laughs) Bjork album it's coming out soon I need the Bjork album and so very much (laughs) on the 13th of June in 1995 after school I took my pocket money that I'd saved up and banked and I went to um, my Woolworths which is like a big W and I went and bought Post and listened to it constantly for about three months much to the annoyance of my family I love the how
2: do Remember the date?
0: Because I wrote it down at the wow. time. No, just the release date. She just date. knows that she bought it on the,
2: oh, release, on the, release the day date. it came out. I
0: bought it on the release date. I, I bought it on the day it came out because I just knew that I was going to love it, and so I yeah bought it. Confidence. And I, funnily enough, the first time I heard "Hyper Ballad," it became my favourite song. So it was right. just like um, yeah, it became like my no, like number one song that I was listening to all the time, nice. and then followed her through um, the next few years and stuff like that. But a question we usually get to is, have you ever seen them live? Yes. No. No. She never played any of the festivals, um, which is where I saw a lot of the bands. And sure. the
2: intent? But obviously, I presume by intent.
0: Yeah. Well, when the Homogenic came out, the next album. Um, in 97 that by that point everything she was playing was so huge like there was no way that I could afford it as a 12 year old to go mm. and see her live so I've never seen her so I never saw her on that tour which is really sad yeah so Ruby sad. have you ever seen her live <laughs> no one day I yeah.
1: hope to <laughs> yeah, I yeah.
3: had oh there was a missed opportunity I could have seen her live in Sydney once but I didn't go because you know I wasn't in Sydney and I didn't want to Pay for tickets, but mm. yeah,
1: it's, yeah. I can only a half show would be quite expensive, I would imagine. Yes. the travel and stuff as well, mm. so absolutely, yeah, it would be a really big deal. Yeah. Did you listen
2: to that earlier band, Salt Sugar Crushers? What sugar, sugar cubes. cubes? Sugar cubes, have you heard them? They're also yeah, good,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fun, so Icelandic kind of like fun pop stuffy like just really good and she had she had a hairstyle where she had all these tiny buns all over her head mm. and that became like the fashion of like yeah, the 90s yeah like, and she had it on in some quirky icelandic like pop band um in the MTV. So there you go so but for post it opens with army of me yeah mm. let's talk about that let's ruby yeah. <laughs> When you listen to this album, you put it on and you were unsure about Hyper Ballad and it starts with Army of Me. What happened to you when you listened to that?
3: Oh, I think I probably initially didn't like this song either, but now I love it. It's just... It's so grimy and powerful, and yeah, it is. It's grimy, it's cool. I I like driving, and it just keeps you in the tension the whole way. But at the same time, it's super catchy and super poppy. And uh, I really like that nice balance of those two things married together. I, I find that's something really interesting with her, and something that she does throughout this whole album.
0: Because it's industrial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But then, yeah, as you say, her vocals like go from whispery singing and talking mm-hmm. and all sorts and um, just like carries the obscure lyrics like really yeah, nicely. Yeah, it does. And apparently
3: like the drum beat is When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin but sped up.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool.
3: So it's a sample. Yeah. That's nice.
1: Because that would have come out like Gosh. it's 95. So this is right around the time that Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails are about to make industrial rock like every Huge. like the thing like yeah. it's not going to be that that outsider stuff anymore like people are going to be way more accepting of it so yeah I think yeah. she hit that r- song right at the right time so just to go the album very quickly went number two in Australia number one of course in Iceland number two in the UK and went to number thirty two in the US Billboard charts. And, and number
0: ten in the Euro chart. Mm-hmm. Just Thirty-two only.
1: I would have we going high in the US, but and in the hottest one hundred, "Oh So Quiet" got number five. "Army of Me" got number eighty-three, and then the next year in '96, "Hyper Ballad" got number fifty-three. Which I think, because I think "Hyper Ballad" might have been on the compilation from '96, which is basically where I got all my indie music stuff. That compilation album, I just lived that album for the next three years. So I think yeah. that's where I might have heard it first.
0: Yeah. So "Army of Me." We got went to UK 10, Australia 35, mm. US 21 event, and Iceland 1, obviously, um, which is nice. you think Iceland would be like supporting, yeah. You, yeah, supporting mm. her every time. Um, but, yeah, as a first single, I think it was a really good choice like, mm. to release the album.
1: So you talked about the videos from the first album. Did <laughs> Michelle Gondry direct... Or, or any of those as well, because he directed yeah. most of the videos from this album.
0: Um, I have I'm pointing at DVDs of an entire DVD of Bjork, Bjork's like video that mm-hmm. Michelle Gondry has done. So right. I don't know um, if it's all of particular. them, but yep. uh, I know it's quite quite a few, and mm-hmm. they are really like catching, aren't mm-hmm. they? They yeah. are pieces of art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of the um, uh, producers. So Björk produced with also with Graham from 808 State, which is awesome. tricky from Massive Attack Mm -hmm. and Nelly Hooper, who does um, Smashing Pumpkins U2, but more relevantly does Baz Luhrmann. So Mm -hmm. has done like Baz Luhrmann soundtracks. So um, she and she worked with Hooper on debut as well. So you can kind of get those sounds, those big Orchestral, there's a lot of strings and stuff like that. So uh, yes, I think that's pretty awesome. But there are seven different people credited with programming, yeah. and there are twenty musicians and eleven different people in production and engineering. Mm-hmm. Wow! So that's this, like- <laughs> was a,
1: this was not a couple of people walking in no, the no, studio no, no, and no, thrashing no. something out. No. This no. was a very crafted, very well thought out piece of material
0: absolutely uh did you know about her um she had to run away to spain after this album because she had a murder attempt Mm -hmm. yeah which was so uh, she had a stalker called ricardo lopez um, and he was obsessed with her and used to make all these videos about her and all this kind of stuff and then um she started dating goldie like this like Mm. kind of early grimy kind of guy back in the UK. And um, so he mailed a letter bomb to her home in London, then filmed himself taking his own life. And the police found him four days later and managed to intercept the mail to stop her from getting this um, letter bomb. So she, her whole team just wrapped her up and took her to Spain and hid her away for a period mm. of time because she got really scared after how big that she was. Mm. So That was like a dangerous thing. So the Bjork stalker.
1: Mm. So I was thinking with Army of Me, I was trying to something was hanging in my head, and I figured out what it is today. So it's it's that stop messing with me, or you're really gonna, I'm really gonna lose it, and you're gonna see something you really don't want to see, which is the theory behind Limp Bizkit's break stuff. Is like screw you. I don't want to. You know, I don't. It's, I don't know why this jumped into my head. <laughs> But it, it's like, screw, here we no go. You, Fuck you. Don't come near me. I'm gonna. I'm really gonna hurt you if you come at me. Except Fred Durst sounds like a child, and this actually sounds scary. Like no one actually feels like, oh, I better be scared of Fred Durst if he's really gonna no. come at me. Whereas you listen to this and you're like, holy shit! Whatever I was doing to her, or whatever she feels about what I was doing, I'm like backing away slowly <laughs> because I don't want to accidentally trip anything. I'm just like, no, I'm like, this is actually scary and aggressive, and the other stuff is just child's play.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would want to cross Oh, no, She goes for it yeah. yeah, She really does She's one fierce woman Okay, so uh, where do you want to go on the album now, mm. Ruby? Because um, we could just talk about the six singles But I feel like we need to jump around a bit
3: Yeah, absolutely Um, God, I love them all well, I think what's, what's interesting to me If we go back to the production I know that She actually produced uh, most of this herself Mm -hmm. when you consider um, the whole process of making the album. And I found that really amazing. Like she went to the Bahamas and um, was very explorative in the way that she recorded parts. So I know that she did some songs, like she would go outside with a really long lead on her microphone and like go by the ocean and sing. And then one track was recorded in like a bat cave as well. Nice. And then she brought all these recordings back to the studio and kind of had people jump on them again. But um, another song, epic. yeah. That's
1: yeah. that
0: so exactly cool. like yeah. something that I imagine she would do. I'm Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm just,
1: here, standing here going, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not surprising. No, no questions. questions. <laughs> Completely
0: yeah. unsurprising. Continue. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really love the track Isabel. Mm -hmm. I think that is just incredible. The rhythm when that first comes in is just unstoppable and so captivating and feels very eccentric but natural. Uh, Like you're – yeah, it kind of feels tied to the natural world very much. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what it's about as well, like her conveying a message of like going back to nature to people in the cities and –
0: yeah it's very cute as well well there's no, strings and right. horns and yeah and, and, yeah the almost chanting drums that I think Last strings I thought of yeah but there's mystical Good. sounds <laughs> yeah definitely mystical yeah. some of the orchestral
1: stuff in the rest of the album is then fed through like a stomp or a pedal or whatever whereas this is one of the ones that's just when it sweeps yeah. the, it just sweeps purely orchestral which is really cool yeah. But yeah, I love that big, that big epic sweep in the chorus is amazing,
0: and it has a lyric that I really love. Oh, so much.
1: It's cool. It's really yeah. satisfying to yeah. say. It it's is. really satisfying
0: to sing along to. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like this cymbal roll uh, and it's like the string line over the drums for the lift in it as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just so beautiful and um, kind of almost over the top but in a perfect way. Yeah. You
1: know. I think in, in other people's hands it might have been over the top but in her, but that's just her. Mm. Like you just expect that from her. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is like the forest is taking over, yeah. isn't it? Like the forest is like coming back after talking about the, um, in the Terror of Steel, nature t- targets a deal to raise wonderful hell. And like, yeah, another <laughs> like lyrical thing of her yeah. doing it. But yeah, there are choral, yes, kind of yars in the background.
1: So the lyrics were co written with someone, I'm going to get the pronunciation wrong, so I apologize for everybody. Sion, who was a poet and it was his very first time he'd ever written a song. And he, Björk, and her ex-husband, and I kind of... Something Eldon. I'm sorry, there's a character that I just cannot... I don't know what sound is. You're Eldon? So, which was her ex-husband in, in the sugar cubes, mm. and Sion and Björk were in a circle of anarchist poets in Reykjavik called Medusa.
0: Of course they were. Is just like, <laughs> not yeah, just exactly. any kind I'm of poets. Like, <laughs> anarchist poets. Yeah, but.
1: yeah, yeah. I'm reading it going, yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. I'm not going to... <laughs> <is laughs> no no questions.
0: Yeah. There's even whistling. Like, yeah. There's a whistling. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And I
3: feel like the interesting thing is like maybe if someone else had done this same concept, it could seem... A bit cringe, but it seems authentic when it comes mm-hmm. from her.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, she—you feel like she lives and breathes what she's singing and creating, like and like performing. Like it's not just she's yeah. not just going. This is my persona mm. um, for the stage, like some people. Yeah. Uh, she's like that. Nah, this is me. Yeah, this is, You're getting a hold of me, yeah. and, and I am just this freaking quirky. So, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah you know. it'd be
1: interesting if we'd been almost like doing this the year it came out so now we have much more experience with her and yeah. we do know that she lives that style and she lives that authentically truthfully whether if we'd been listening to this straight away whether we'd, we'd have that same the impression. same yeah
0: and it was the second single and it went to 23 in the uk 67 in australia and but it only went to number two in iceland
1: oh well i mm. can't, can't win them all
0: uh, <laughs> no but it was just like it was the second single so uh, but people probably already bought the album at that point because the album had already come out so mm. that's probably why um, yes, never mind Yeah, it's true too uh, So we have to talk about the song that um, drove the UK nuts for a long period of time mm-hmm. but Do we know what that song is? It's
2: so oh, So Quiet It's oh, So Quiet Absolutely <laughs> yeah.
0: So it was played everywhere So it went to UK yes. 4, third single UK 4, US 9, um, Australia 6, Iceland 1 um, So that's good So um, yeah, that song was I love it to pieces, but I remember it going play being played on absolutely everything, including adverts and all sorts. Yeah, and it yeah. drove people nuts. So yes. Yeah. But Grant, you'd heard it before.
2: Much the same. It's yeah, it was huge in South Africa and I think it's advertising as well. It lends itself to that. You know, like it's just a great piece of music. So, it, yeah. it's a great piece it, of it, music. Like <laughs> not much more that can be said about it. It's just it really is a cool cool track i'm intrigued that it's a third single i was like geez where was i that that, i wouldn't have heard the other ones before um but certainly you know army of me was a big reminder and um those two in the back end or three isabel possibly maybe Mm. and i miss you maybe
0: so
1: the video is amazing yeah the video is the video is fantastic (laughs) so spike jones directed it. so all the rest of them were done by michelle gondry but spike jones did that one and it's in the quiet bits, it's her walking through like a she's in a quiet down state, and nothing you know, no one's really paying attention to her. And there's like it's quite a dim lighting. And then when it picks up into the chorus, she mm-hmm. does dance numbers. So, like the post people who pass when walking by, she does like a dance. So, it's a full musical number, like you take the song, of course, yes. it's a full musical number, but it's up when she's up, and then it's down and it's slow mo and it's torrid. And then it's just like as soon as it kicks off, she like kicks off her shoes and goes and she's flying up across. And- they lift her up on top of a car and she does some little tap dancing and stuff. It's so cool.
0: And she runs up a wall and she does run- a backflip.
1: Sure, she does. Yeah, yeah she does. <laughs> yeah, And then, it's and then stands up from below the camera, like, oh, look at that thing I did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's something I remembered. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, that's, but that whole song as well is just a big band. It's just, yes. like yeah, it's, really. school, it's a show tune. It is a show musical tune. Musical number. It's a big band, musical number. And compare it to Army of Me, which is Grungy Industrial. You're like, it's completely different, but mm. you're on the same album. And it works yeah, <laughs> it's your, yeah. So it works. yeah. Um, but you ruby mm-hmm. you did not get saturated with this song yeah, when you exactly. were a young person yeah. so coming to it when you were like 15 like for the first time as an as a track or on an album yeah. what was it like for you
3: yeah it's so interesting because i had that completely different context mm-hmm. it wasn't something that i'd really heard before um and Yeah, it seems so strange, but also perfect within this album. Like it comes in at the right time. Um, It's, uh, you know, it's a change of pace. It's something like kind of cleanses your palate. Um, And I feel like she just makes it so interesting by injecting the show tune which is an old cover uh that they used to sing when she was touring the debut album in their tour bus apparently and then she just loved it so much she wanted to record it um but she just has that yeah the whack energy that just makes it so euphoric and really fun
0: Mm. it's a fun track and a little bit scary
3: (laughs) yeah it's so extreme
0: yeah and it went to a four in the UK and six in Australia and number one in Iceland as well So yeah. and US number nine so obviously mm. people fell in love with it uh, which is great but there's that one moment in it where she starts really rambling and so she says you never be so nuts about a guy You wanna love, you wanna cry You crush you have to hope to
3: die Till it's over And
0: then <laughs> and then it just, and then it goes back into this like quiet um, burst again, and yeah, it's just I love the change of pace between the track. It's just yeah. really, um, I've written there's a constant lift and drop.
2: Mm. So mm.
0: The whole song is lift and drop, and they did that perfectly as you described in mm. the video as well. Yeah. They made it so she's yeah. wearing an orange dress, but and it's really vibrant when during the vibrant moments, and then for some reason it just looks like she's a solo person looking sad in an orange dress amongst dull people. And yeah, they do that so well.
1: Mm. It's um, this song and Isabella bit as well, kind of reframed the whole album for me. Yeah. So I started thinking, so what if it's all just a musical? Like if all the songs are just her, like almost doing like a one person show and they're all musical songs, like it's all her, dancing on a stage and i think it works for a lot of the songs even like the industrial ones it's it could still just be her singing and singing a piece and it's almost like a story like it would like army of me is like a it's a chunk of a story it probably wouldn't be the first song in a musical it would be along the way where someone had been putting you under too much pressure or had been too aggressive towards you and you were about to do that revenge come back at them so i kind of yeah it, it felt like It felt very her maybe to think of the whole thing as a musical, not necessarily in order, Mm -hmm. but all of them as being those constructed dance hall pieces for me. So that worked. I thought that worked. And it made me rethink the album.
3: Yeah, I really
0: like that perspective. It's very sweet. Look at you. You're all romantic. (laughs) Because there's a lot of love in this album. Yes. There's a lot of love Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of affection. Um, And um, so... we talk about "Hyperballad" being your gateway drug into Beyoncé, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. So, and being one of my favorite songs, still yes. one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, and the video again is like really good. So she's laid down almost like a she's dead, but then superimposed over her is her singing the song and acting out the lyrics and stuff like that. And it's just really smartly done. So it's like a really beautiful um, video that um, that's got like that strong opening. Um, and then her vocals suddenly go really childlike from mm. An Army of Me where she's gone, I'm mm. a ball buster and I can do anything. Um, she goes into this real childlike little girl kind of sound with hyper ballad and it's really, really pretty. So yeah. What turned you? Yeah, how
1: long did it take you to come around on hyper ballad?
3: Ooh, well, I was just listening to them in succession, like mm-hmm. one after the other. Um Yeah, I think just a few listens and it just came together in the way that I could hear the different parts more clearly and how they interacted with each other. And the story was really captivating because, like you said, she was speaking in this quite childlike, whimsical way or singing, but singing about something that's very adult um, and very challenging. Mm. but with this absurd uh, concept of like being at the top of a mountain and like throwing the cutlery, you know, and seeing it like smashing against the rocks and imagining that it's her. So then she can go back to loving her partner or whoever she's with. So it's quite interesting,
0: yeah. And she does those lyrics because like, she has that routine like mm. that she does secretly in the morning, as you say, and then she sings.
3: I go through a
0: And I'd love it if somebody said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's like I do this, I do this special thing just so I can feel extra safe in yeah. your arms <laughs> or <laughs> what yeah. have you. Uh, but yeah, and she also says she pronounces "here" in that "here" kind of way, which I really, Hier. yeah, <laughs> which is uh, has always been beautiful. Yeah. Um, but by the third chorus, the drums ramp up into mm. like an epic dance track, that, which is why it went into the US Billboard Dance as number one. Mm. Like when it came out, which is awesome, um, but yeah, with more strings, and then there's these synthy pitch shifted noises that do a solo over the drums, and you're like, "Where's all this coming from? <laughs> and how is it all fitting into a five minute track?"
1: Mm. But it's that one two punch at the start too. it's like it's two different, two mm. very different songs, and you could almost think, "Oh yeah, if it's going to be like I'm getting we whiplash," if it keeps going back and forth like this, but you can feel in her confidence and her control over what's happening. he's like, no, we're, we're fine here. It's going to be great.
0: Uh, I've definitely been to raves in fields where this song had been played, but remixed versions mm-hmm. where you don't get the quiet. Yeah. Like actors got, actors yeah. no, no,
1: no three minutes of soft stuff to start in a rave you need to go right in in. power (laughs) hardcore
0: mixed with some extra dirty beats and all that kind of stuff you know men and women alike are dancing at a rave to hyperballad and it's just like one of the most like invigorating experiences (laughs) you could possibly have (laughs) just so you know Not,
1: not to bring men into this too much but there's a really awesome cover of this by an australian artist called whiteley who does an acoustic guitar version of it? Like just then okay. plucking, plucking those notes at the start, like the really fast stuff. Yeah, yeah, really cool version. So check that out if you can. Whiteley. Whiteley, yeah. Okay. Or Whitley, I never really understood. I never really, yeah. He was sort of did a couple of albums and disappeared. Um, <laughs> I saw him play a few times, and he was always so cranky. He played a soft acoustic guitar, and then got cranky when people talked. So <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, quite amusing. That's for you. Yeah. A- he, he, everyone loved that song. I think that was one of his most popular ones. Like they were waiting for him to play mm, that one.
0: Yeah, Just like, I'm waiting for you just... to play a song you've not written. Yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah we probably
1: made him even crankier.
0: Well, that's what Jose Gonzalez did when he co- covered heartbeats. Yeah. Everyone plays yeah. it at their wedding and he's just like, this was just a cover of an electro yeah. band. <laughs> like, oh, well. And I, and I was in a metal band beforehand and this is all very confusing. Sure. Um, this is good. So um, there is, uh, we've got, I Miss You, we mentioned, being a sixth. So this was the sixth single mm. that came out. Um, and the drum beat, the, the very beginning, sounds almost like a typewriter, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a nice sound. Yeah. Um. But then with, like, organ comes in. There's an organ melody. So and I really enjoy I Miss You. So that also went to U- U.S. dance number one. Mm. So tell us, Ruby, how would you feel about I miss you. But I haven't met you yet. Yeah. Such a good line. Oh, cool. I wrote that one down. Oh,
3: you wrote that? yet.
2: But I haven't met you yet.
3: Yes. You got it. Yes. I I love all the different like complex interlocking beats in it. And it's just all the different textures as well. Like everything just has... I don't know something unusual about it like it's just every sound is twisted in some way to make it interesting mm. um yeah and once again she just has so much energy um yeah I I think I kind of compare this track a lot to enjoy like in my head they feel like sisters in a way like they have a very similar energy um I can, yeah I can hear yeah. that but I think they complement each other really well yeah that's awesome.
1: Hmm. Well, a, lot of, a lot of bongos in this in oh, yeah. I Miss You. I love, yeah, love the bongos in it. It's, it, bongo, sounds, sure. it stops it at a point, like, it stops at one point for just a bongo break. Yeah. Just, just a dance break for a for yeah. bit of bongos. And there's dueling trumpets, so it's not just one trumpet part, they're actually like laid on top of each other and mm-hmm. going at each other. Mm-hmm. And then that all stops for like some trip hop stuff that Tricky obviously brought in and did a bit of. And then yeah, just all these lots of little parts that in anyone else's hands probably wouldn't fit together but she's just such a master songwriter and crafter yeah. that it, it all just works together really well. And she's got an a- army as well though, and support. her. Like, that's, that's true, her yes. Like, it's but, not uh, a I always, but I always feel piece. like with her, it's, she finds the people who can bring her vision to what sure. it's going to be. Like, yeah. I, I definitely mm-hmm. feel like we've had other people where it's like a leader, but then the other people are doing really awesome stuff as well, but they're contributing the songwriting stuff, whereas I feel this is always her is more just her. Mm-hmm. Not just her, but it's definitely mm-hmm. her vision.
0: Absolutely. And again, at the very beginning of that drum breakdown, those whistles. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine that you're at this big drum circle and somebody goes like whistles to start and it's like then the drums kick in. Mm-hmm. Like it's like your invitation to begin. And it's really great because her vocals go from really subtle into full power and then mm-hmm. she growls and yeah. stuff. And she's just going, she does a full range mm-hmm. just in one song. And um, it's got the cute um, lyrics. I'm so impatient,
3: I can't stand.
0: Does that in a really pleading, awesome way, and then it just goes into dance time. Yeah. Like the rest of the song's just like, do, do, do,
3: do, do. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: okay, we're just dancing. So she's pleaded, now we're dancing. And so you, you genuinely feel like she is missing somebody and has conveyed it well.
1: Mm. Like she knows what the relationship will be like when it happens, but mm. it's not like she hasn't even identified who that person is yet. Like it's still just just off in the distance grant yes any double tick songs from you that we have not covered oh uh, look
2: i had to go obviously army of me as the double mm-hmm. off the bat and it's so quiet um there are a lot of ticks sporadically around here mm-hmm. um and mostly the um i miss you wish i got the lyrics and the congo drums and the trumpets as well i had um possibly maybe the other um yep
0: Oh, possibly, possibly maybe. That's in like between, yeah. yeah. With that dial time um, in the beginning.
2: Yeah. And backing vocals. And I need to write slower and clearer. <laughs> <because> <laughs> it's disgusting. Organ. Organ and backing vocals, I've said in there. And I couldn't remember what specifically about it, but... Possibly maybe it's a good one for mine as well. Mm. When
0: I was doing a proper deep dive listen and I had, like, been going listening for the last few weeks, mm. um, it was the first time that I heard from, I think it's from verse to chorus, there is a rainmaker does a little tinkle of a rainmaker um, and then it goes into the drum drop and then all those vinyl hisses and stuff like that. But it was the first time I literally noticed because I was doing the deep dive for mm. the yeah. podcast. So it's lovely.
1: So possibly maybe has, like it documents that stage of the relationship. So it's the start and then it goes up and then she's lost and it's like, um she's, yeah, so she's all excited, but then she's still excited and then wondering where the commitment and the love is actually going to be reciprocated. And then by the end, she's finished. She's out of it again. So it's like one verse in chorus of it's oh so quiet, mm. but completely inverted the emotions. Like mm-hmm. it's oh so quiet. You always feel like she's excited. It doesn't matter if it's ending, she's excited to have done it. Whereas this one, it's like, I've gone on this journey with you and maybe it actually mm. hurt me more than was worth actually doing. Yeah. So it's just like the same themes but just completely inverted the style of music and the, mm. the, the yeah, the lyrics and everything.
0: Yeah, Cause she, you're so right. Because yeah. she goes from singing possibly maybe probably love at the very beginning and then halfway through when she's having this change of heart, she is going – like since we broke up section Mm. she's just saying possibly maybe possibly maybe so she's Mm. dropped the probably Mm. love now and so yeah so this is her journey going i started from going i'm in love with you to going no you're out of my life Mm. yeah you're just a possibly maybe now yeah i really like the arc of the storyline in that song Mm. it's Mm. good yeah but it has a line which i love because um it's how i feel about my current partner um As much as I definitely enjoy solitude, I wouldn't mind perhaps spending little time with you sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) And So so I'm just like, I like being alone, but also I'm like, for you, maybe I'll possibly get some time. So very
1: Bjork thing to say, like 100% on board with isolation. I don't want to be around anyone. I'm perfectly happy being completely alone. Except you maybe please could you just help me out a little yeah. bit? Um,
0: yeah, and I'm gonna write an entire song, but then no, we broke up. Yeah. So So yeah. It,
1: it's actually about a real relationship that she had with Stefan Sidnoe. Okay, sorry everybody. Um yeah, so it's it documents like their real relationship that they had.
0: She is like weirdly autobiographical for mm-hmm. somebody who where it sounds dadaist almost yeah. in like the lyrics. So you could imagine that she's just writing fantastical things and just yeah. putting things together. But they are all genuine stories, I, I get the impression. So, um, yes, it's beautifully lovely. Um, but we have um, a duo at the end of... This is where it was perfect for me growing up. You know, back, back when I was young, Ruby, mm. um, if you put a CD on... You couldn't just pick the tracks you wanted on a playlist. Compact (laughs) disc. Oh yes, you had to just play the CD from start to finish. So at bedtime, when I was ten, it was great to put it on. So I've got I'm starting with Army of Me and I'm working my way through and I've got all sorts of like songs lifting me and dropping me and stuff like that. But then she does Cover Me and Headphones at the very end of the CD, which are perfect for me to go to sleep to. Yes, Mm -hmm.
3: I've definitely done that as well. Nice. Yeah, twinning, twins. Twins. It's like a guided meditation almost, (laughs) but a lot better.
0: Yeah. She, yeah, headphones and Cover Me do feel like twins. They do. They feel like they are. She needed to put two little closing numbers Mm. on, but they don't like conflict, they partner. Yeah, absolutely. So she has in Cover Me, there's a harp. Mm -hmm. So it's her. And a harp, and she's whispering, Then it's almost like it's secrets.
2: Harp, yes, question mark. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Good. So there's a harp. Why not? Let's get Mm -hmm. to track 10. We've Mm -hmm. had big bands, we've had everything, and whistles. Let's have a harp. So we get to track 10. Um, And the vocal effects feel like um, she's put her hands around the microphone and she's whispering into it. Mm -hmm. in order to get that kind Mm. of effect like there's not there's no pedal that makes you get that effect it literally feels like she's having like this really intimate moment with the microphone and singing i'm going hunting for mysteries cover me Mm. like it's just really cute how she's doing it so Mm. um and just before she goes into headphones which is the closing number so, yeah. so you like those two as finishes?
3: I do like them. Sometimes I think it's interesting to finish on such a subdued note, but I think it really works with the rest of the album. And it, it does, like you said earlier, reframe things in a way, mm-hmm. like in the way that um, It's So So Quiet does. It kind of gives another layer of dynamics to the whole thing where, yeah, she has these tracks with – a lot of space and sparsity but they still feel quite full and rich at the same time and yeah it adds another element to her personality and her story and telling us like with headphones about her experience of listening to music and it makes so much with this album because it's like her love letter to music and then she's getting super meta with it and talking about her own experience with that and in cover me it Yeah, it complements it really well, like you said.
0: How do you feel about headphones or cover me, boys? Hmm.
2: I've I've written both about the instruments. I was was more intrigued in having – you giving the numbers around the number of artists involved and the production involved, it makes a whole lot more sense about like this is a a big band show, all of it. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed both of them. No Xs. Which is good. No excess for those two. Well, no I've got a very yeah. He has direct a system. Yeah, I've got a system, man. I've got a system. Yeah. He's
1: got a system. Cool.
0: Cool. Awesome. Liam, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, no, I think we've hit, we've hit all notes? the
1: ones. Um, I did like modern things. Just to, um, has some of the lyrics in Icelandic, which is always great to hear someone singing in their native tongue. <laughs> yes. Has like very trip hoppy drums, the spacey rhythms and all about that idea of the modern things and modern devices coming and they're going to take over the world. And this was before the universality of the internet and the mobile phones and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know whether she just foresaw just the future of ahead <laughs> of time, um, whether she, she was did. thinking more in terms of band and instruments, like the modern mm-hmm. instruments are taking over from the, the old school acoustic one, so but I thought it was really cool.
0: That's awesome. She wails, she speaks, she yeah. sings. Mm-hmm. She does everything in that one. And then the outro with that court record. Yeah. The, 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 and it, like, it could
1: get lost between those because the other three songs are all big singles on the start, but I think it stands up on its own, which is really cool.
0: I just really love that she says that they've been waiting to come out and multiply and take over. Yeah. <laughs> it's their turn now. Yeah. Like, and she's just accepted the fate. Like, yeah. <laughs> like in some, she's all mystical forest nature's taking mm. over, but she's like mm. now acknowledging in modern things, it's like, no, they're yeah. taking over because it's yeah. their turn.
1: It's, it's almost not a warning, more just a statement of fact. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is what this is what's happening. It's not, we have to fight back and if we're not careful and whatever, it's just like, no, this is the way it's going to be and everybody and watch it.
0: She's not wrong.
1: No. Nope. It got worse if you, think, if you think it's bad. We're mm. using
0: so much tech to record yeah. <laughs> this podcast right now. It is unreal. So, yeah, yeah that is fair enough. Okay. So uh, was there anything you needed to touch on or are you ready for a uh, final pitch on Björk's post? Mm,
3: I'm going to give my final pitch. Go so for okay. okay. Yeah. Um, to me and to a lot of other people, I hope, this album is so explosive and exciting and it has so many songs that are very immediate and catchy and interesting and at the same time I think what makes this what makes this flawless to me is the fact that you can revisit it and revisit it and come back again and there'll always be details that you can pick up on so it's emotionally such um, a rich album and at the same time intellectually it's very rich as well um, and that's why I think it's flawless. Awesome! awesome. Great summary. Mm, thank you. Okay, here we
0: go. I'll hand the mic over to Grant. Would you like to? You've not heard this album end to no. end before, so
2: no. What not was your at all. experience? Look, this is a. It is an awesome album. I think your description of it, something that you could revisit and get more value from each time, is absolutely. I think you will hear things um, um, each time you hear it, and. and And it could grow on you, um, massively. I, um, you know, the hits obviously spoken for themselves. And I was interested that, um, you know, around Harper Ballad, I I hadn't heard that one in particular. Um, and you know, end to end, you are great. Well, I actually didn't like modern things. Okay. (gasps) So, so I'm going to say it's not flawless on the basis of modern things. Um, that one threw me. Um, but I, you know, and, and, there were a couple that I suppose enjoy, I was just like, okay, is this, they're almost like the ones that weren't the, the singles, they were like, okay, mm-hmm. and they weren't like real awesome ones. Um, so I'm going to say it's a no for me on the primary basis of modern things. If it wasn't in there, I probably would have said, yes, I could have gone with it, but modern things dropped me. So interestingly, you guys liked it, yeah. But and thank you, it was a great listen. Really, I, I actually didn't realize how many great tracks she had, yeah. and that I'd heard before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I've edited this. Or, mm. um, so
1: thank you.
0: You're there welcome. you go. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, Grant. And we'll pass the baton over to Mr. Liam.
1: Yeah, this is probably the most familiar I've felt with an album without actually having heard it before. Because I'm yeah. just listening to it, going, "Wow!" Because I knew the four big singles and I yeah. knew them so well that yeah. a couple of them I didn't. So um, I miss you. I didn't write any notes for it because I just remembered it. I remember all the bits of it. <laughs> I remember the video. Yeah. I remember all the like. It's You're all I'm over so it. familiar with those four singles and they're spaced out through it. And then the other, most of the other songs, for me, they do hit that level or they're close uh-huh. enough. Until the ending where I'm looking for a big ending and she gives a soft one. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, oh, no. So I I really like the two songs as they are and if they were elsewhere and sort of um, split out between it. But, yeah, and then I framed it in my head when I was thinking about them turning into a show tune and an actual musical and I was like, well, now it's worse because you end a musical on, on a big number. You don't end <laughs> yeah. it on the soft one. So, oh, so you even uh, tried? Dude. I, I even you really tried. Find tried.
0: That Carousel ends it on a very solemn number. Okay, I don't and know that many musicals, but the ones that
1: I know, they all end on a big number, <laughs> on a not, a, not a soft one. So, even reframing it that way didn't help me get across the line. So, I just think those last two. I did, yeah, I was, especially when it was like the last one was nearly six minutes. And I was like, cool, that can be like a soft start into a big and orchestral explosion evolve. at the end. And then it kind of didn't. I was left a little flat. And I thought if I was listening to it on repeat a lot, I would probably go past I Miss You and then skip forward to the start of the album again because yeah, the okay. album punches in really, really well. Yeah. So I, I'm the same as Grant. I loved it. Felt really familiar. And I'm glad yeah. that it was as good as everyone else says that it is. But I couldn't no. give it flawless. For sure. George, final, you final final and your thoughts. endings but final my end, is, the endings, it's, he's I'm, a tough guy to consistent. get across at the end yeah final um, thoughts final and a thumbs up and a thumbs or a thumbs down
0: okay so final thoughts um i was uh, attempt like attempting this uh with trepidation because i was thinking i wanted to nominate him myself but was it going to be an emotional nomination yeah i not uh an actual like formed musical nomination. Um so I had to be really like cautious with myself listening because otherwise I'd be like yeah of course it's flawless. Um <laughs> so uh yeah so I had to listen to it and I've been listening to it and it's been again as you say new things keep arriving to Mm. me like i was just like "Where did that rainmaker come from like that's new um like (laughs) that that, wasn't that wasn't (laughs) wasn't on the (laughs) cd i bought in 95 (laughs) yeah yeah, and i still have that cd and uh the um booklet for it is completely torn and like you know threadbare basically from like me pouring through it to play with and i was like playing 10 and uh, and onwards and um, so listening back to it I think I went through every song and I went through them really additionally critically because I was trying not to be emotional yeah and I just started becoming more attached to the musicianship <laughs> and more yes. attached to the production and more attached to the engineering and the flow made me happier and happier so unlike mm. Liam I had this soft memory of ending Quietly and going to sleep Yeah. and thinking, but I was We're like, grubby. yeah, yeah. I'm awesome. <laughs> um, listening back. I was like, actually, this is exactly where she wants to put you. So I think Dirk has designed this soundscape from start to finish in such a way that you are lifted and dropped at exactly the right mm. times. And I think she did tricks you into cover me and then goes, We end on headphones exactly in the right place. So for me, it was more flawless than if I was going to nominate it myself. So (laughs) thank you, Ruby. It's got, (laughs) they they may not have agreed, but it's an extra flawless from me. So (laughs) thank you so much for nominating that album. And we have to thank somebody else. Mm. The listeners of course. So thank you for everyone listening to the podcast. Um we have Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We are at flawless AMP on all of those. So you can join the conversation, like a post, you can give a shit, or give us a rating. Every little bit helps to find more music lovers like you, because you just listened, or you know what? Just tell a friend, that'd be awesome. be awesome. And join our Patreon. It's in the show notes. You can just click on it there. Thank you again for listening to this epically awesome podcast and we will see you next time.